Hello everybody, it's Julie with Hefzibah Talks A Lot, and I'm going to talk to you about an interesting topic I was not actually planning on talking about till I thought about it a little later this morning when I was doing my overnight at the hotel. So, I've been watching a series, or I watched a series because the last episode... I don't know if there's more episodes or what for that, or more seasons coming or whatever, but it's called Poldark, P-O-L-D-A-R-K. It's a PBS production, and it's actually really good. I, I'm going to say that with like a grain of salt warning here. There, there are scenes of sex, not the graphic kind that you normally see. I still skip them because I'm not a voyeur, so I don't want to watch people having sex. Don't peep in people's windows. <laughs> but anyway, so just a warning there. Um, there are there are times of things where you may have to fast forward if you're that kind of person that fast forwards. But if you're not, they're not that graphic and you'll probably be okay. Anyway, that's the grain of salt warning I give you. But other than that, it's a really great show. And the main character is extremely attractive. So, well, in my opinion. So, yeah. Anyway, so I was watching that, and I'm going to just spoiler alert you here, but in season two, uh, he cheats on her. He has a a one-night situation, and she, of course, in her hurt, wants to retaliate, so she does this whole flirtatious thing and and, uh, doesn't go through with anything, but could very well end up in a bad situation with her flirtation move that she did. She actually was planning to go through with it because she was so hurt, but ultimately changed her mind because she got common sense, which, you know, wish we all had that all the time, but we don't. Then in season three, they like did this whole flip thing. And I'm like, what is going on? Because it started to be very, um, I don't know, just really strange. So ultimately what happens is it's that whole loveless marriage feeling. Even though he loves her, he's not telling her and he's kind of withdrawn from her for whatever reason. They haven't really shown us why, but he is. So he's not like telling her he loves her. He's not whatever, 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 blah, blah, blah. So they just came through that whole affair thing where like, seriously, she was just not letting it go, which I totally get. I'm not like saying that in a negative way. But she just was not letting it go. And then then they heal their, their marriage. And then, then they're back on the rocks all of a sudden for, like, no reason whatsoever. And so you're like, what the heck? And then, so the worst part about it, once again, spoiler, is that he ends up, Ross, ends up saving uh, a guy from a French prison. Like, a really bad French prison during the revolution. So, like, they were, like... They would just straight up behead him right there. They didn't even care. They'd kill him just... I mean, they didn't care about nothing. So, um, he ends up saving this guy. And this guy's like a poet and whatever. So, he starts like actively seducing... Not like laying hands on her, but, you know, flattery and all that stuff. Um, Ross's wife. And she's like buying it hook, line, and sinker because her hubby isn't telling her the stuff, Right? So she's like getting all the, but he's never been like a flowery language kind of person. He's, he's, that's not, the, that's not his character. That's not who he is. 
So she anyway, she she's like falling in love with this guy or falling in infatuation or whatever words you want to use. And it starts to like really annoy you because I got to tell you when in season two, when he cheated with the woman he cheated with, like both of them dropped drastically in my estimation, like huge. And he slowly, Ross, his character, like, slowly builds himself back up. But, man, the, the woman he sleeps with, you're just like, oh, I can't stand you. Like, the rest of the time, she's just annoying. You know? She, you're just bugged by her. And it technically, technically wasn't technically her fault. I'm going to use technically quite a bit there because toward the end it kind of was. But it, it wasn't technically. It was kind of like David and Bathsheba kind of a situation. But whatever. Still bothered me. Because she basically, like, after it happened, expected... You guys are like, what are you talking about? I know. It's a really good series. I even wrote about it. I gotta post that. But anyway. <laughs> she expected him to, like, leave his wife for her. And I'm like, what in the crap is wrong with you? You know? But anyway. <laughs> moving on. Oh, ridiculous. So, the point was, like, he was able... Ross, they were able to redeem his character. And I'm sure that's, they attempted that with the other character. But, um, and yes, I know her name, but I'm just not saying it. Um... But they, like, redeem, they, they, I think they tried to redeem her, but at the same time, she was so ticked off that he didn't, like, drop everybody and come to her that she was kind of a butt. So, what can you do? <laughs> I don't know if they were trying to redeem her or not. Toward the end, like, in season three, she starts to build herself back up there, and while that's happening, they're, like, slowly making you not like his actual wife. So you're like, what the crap is going on? So anyway, she ultimately gives in, and she basically tells Ross that she loves being his wife, but at one point, she just, one time, she just wants to be a different person, all that malarkey. And I'm like, what the heck? Well, if you look at this series, I really don't know why I'm going on about Poldark, because that's not the point of this. But anyway, if, if you look at the book, the series, the book that was written, they, it wrote, was originally written like in the 50s, something like that, where, yeah, people can make, like, you know adultery and fornication were still kind of frowned upon or significantly frowned upon but you know romance novels were starting to take off I'm making that up I don't know if that's true or not you guys want to google it go ahead you're gonna be like that's not true I don't know if it is I realized I was saying that you guys might believe me and I'm I don't know I didn't do any research I'm not big on research but anyway <laughs> that's my thought so then um women were starting to like become empowered that kind of thing 70s was like the real empowerment thing, but you know what I mean. So they were still housewives. I don't know what I'm saying. I worked an overnight, guys, after working all day. So I'm, I've been up for over 24 hours. I always have an excuse. Anyway, so she tells him that basically she just wants, she just wants to be this other woman with this guy. So I don't know, just all this stuff happens that's just stupid. And you're just like, you're just, that's just stupid, dude. Why is it so stupid? But that's because the second half of the series was written in the 70s. So you're like, oh, I get it. I don't even know if it was by the same author, or if, like someone took over with a pseudonym, like they did with V.C. Andrews. But regardless, it was written in a more modern time. So it explains why suddenly everything flips and you're just like, ah, it's totally out of character. So basically, she gets all heard about something that's not, I mean, is bad. Don't get me wrong, I'm not going to be like, it's not even that bad, but because it is. But it isn't, he didn't sleep with anybody. I don't know. So her revenge is to sleep with this guy. So she does. And like, he just happens to be there when she's thinking that, and it just, it just happens to happen, right? So in my mind, and this is the point, <laughs> which it took me eight minutes to get to. 
I hate the excuse that like someone's like my spouse made me cheat. So if you look at it like they say like, well, the reason that I started talking to this guy and like we ha- started having that emotional connection is because my husband never listens to me or my husband doesn't tell me he loves me or whatever. And then so essentially they want to blame the spouse for their actions, right? They made the decision to invest in this other person. They made the decision to sleep with this other person. So nobody made you do it, right? You did it because you wanted to. That's the point. So the whole spouse blaming thing, I mean, there was a episode, this is years ago, of one of those, it wasn't Ann Landers because I don't think she has a show, but it was like one of those shows where like they have the actual talk show and they give advice. And she basically blamed a wife for her husband's affair, like on national television. And people were just like freaking the crap out. Like why the crap would you blame the wife, right? And yet we allow people to do that all the time. That's like their constant excuse, right? Well, my wife doesn't pay attention to me. I felt ugly and this guy made me feel... Of course he made you feel pretty. He's not married to you. He's not committed to you. He doesn't have to invest the years. He hasn't invested the years. He's coming in and sweeping away somebody, male or female. If you're the husband and cheating with on your wife or you're the wife cheating on your husband. They're coming in and sweeping up someone else's investment. And basically taking that. And they're going to do one of two things. They're going to take it and use it till they can be done. And then who cares if your marriage is destroyed and if you're destroyed and all that crap. Or they're going to like purposely destroy your marriage and then marry you. And then they're going to cheat on you because they've already proven that that's who they are. Right? These are people that want to steal what is already established. Okay? That's what they are. So my point was... <laughs> I've been thinking about that because years ago, God showed me that people can't make you angry. Now, it took a lot of, and other kind of things, it took a lot of um, processing and moving forward. And part of that is the domestic violence thing where the abuser in the spiral of manipulation and control constantly tells the victim or the survivor that they made them. Look what you made me do. You make me so angry. This is all your fault, which it isn't. Because anger is a choice. And the reason we know that anger is a choice is because God said, be angry and sin not. Which means that we have the choice to be angry, right? So what does that mean? Well, it basically means that if you see unrighteousness, ungodliness, you have every right to be angry. However, you don't have the right to be angry because someone took your favorite bag of chips. And trust me, I had an anger problem, guys. So I'm not like saying this like I've never experienced anger. I used to be angry all the time. In fact, I still kind of am. I'm a constant slow boil, constantly annoyed, constantly irritated. Doesn't take very much to set me off, right? So in light of that, I've been thinking about joy and I'm going to do a a biblical word study on it. Of course, I'm going to do the relationships study that God wants me to do. But I had to do a, a word study on save, the word save. And Oh my gosh, it was intense. And I can't remember how I did it. That's what's so crazy. Like I started to work on the joy one today and I'm like, how the crud did I do what I did? Like, I don't, I don't even know how I pulled that off. So I need to remember what I did. But anyway, um, so I just felt like it was rewarding. Although I couldn't go in as deep because I only had a week to work on it. I couldn't go in as deep as I would like to go, um, or would have liked to have gone on that study. 
but I have all the reference. Like I created this amazing Excel spreadsheet, guys. I'm serious. And I'm going to put it online eventually because I hate how people are so darn stingy. It drives me crazy. Share what you learn, people. <laughs> Just make it harder for all of us other people. But anyway, so um, I was, I want to do a study on joy because I feel that in the church and definitely in my life, joy is just absent, right? And we should experience joy. Like we should have joy. I don't know why we don't, but we should. So my, my thought is if people can't make me angry, then people can't make me happy, right? It's going to be my decision. Now, there are things that people can do that will bring me joy. Don't get me wrong. People can definitely bring joy and they can definitely irritate you. They can. They can try to push you to anger. They can. It's not, you know, but you're the one that decides. You're the one that decides to engage that emotion. And we sit here and we think that we can't control our emotions. And that's a lie from the devil. And I think that's part of why. So many Christians struggle with myself. Like I said, guys, I did a post, at least I hope I did, because I've been having such issues with this um, app. Like I have to uninstall it anytime I'm going to record a new a new post because it won't save them after. It's just weird. I'm going to have to write them and, and let them know that. But I think I did a post about depression and the Christian. Pretty sure I did. So I think that's why a lot of us Christians struggle with depression, anxiety, Feelings of rejection, isolation, all that stuff is because we've bought into the lie that our emotions are just what they are and they cannot be controlled. Now, God gave us emotions. He doesn't want us to be robots. He doesn't want mindless zombies running around, not thinking for themselves, not engaged. If you think about it, God owns everything. He is the creator of everything seen and unseen, and everything belongs to him, including your soul, even if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. So, God owns everything. And the one thing that you can give him that he does not own is your love. I mean, you can give him your worship. But the Bible tells us that one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every single one. So that means he has that too. Now granted, those of us that are willing to worship him now, we reap a much better reward because it's amazing to worship him. Worship isn't for him, it's for us. It realigns our lives and changes our focus. It turns the focus off of ourselves, which allows us to experience joy, believe it or not. But if anger is a choice, then joy must be. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to walk around happy 100% of the time, no matter what is going on around you, because we are going to experience trials, tribulations, and tests. We are going to face tragedy. The devil is actively out to destroy us and our families, and we're going to have to deal with stuff. But can you imagine what your life would be like if your joy was actually firmly rooted in Christ and your emotions now you're not going to be a robot so you're going to have moments where your emotions just fluctuate and you react you know you're being reactive instead of proactive you're not you're just in the moment and you do something and that's going to happen because we're human 
But could you imagine if the majority of the time you actually had control over your emotions and you were able to choose joy? And in those moments when someone is just trying to goad you into anger, you're just able to choose kindness and choose compassion and choose to not react or respond with irritation, frustration, or anger. Now, guys, this is my challenge to me. So you might be sitting here going, oh, shut up. I don't even want to hear this from you. Responding in irritation, right? And I totally get it. So I'm going to be real with you and let you know that I am nowhere near that place, but it is my desire to reach that place. It's my desire for me to be kind and not just outwardly kind, but to train my thoughts, train my mind to lean toward kindness, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what they're saying, to be kind. When you think about Jesus and everything he faced, and he knew that he was going to die for our sins, and he knew no one was going to stand with him. None of these men that he loved and invested in and cared about were going to stick it out to the end. None of them were. And on top of that, he knew one of them was going to betray him. And I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus did not invite Judas to the group so he could have someone betray him. Trust me, you do not need to purposely have someone to betray you. It's going to happen, right? He had Judas in the group because he loved Judas and he wanted Judas to change. Judas, however, opted not to. Now, many people may speculate that Judas, because he betrayed Jesus and then killed himself, isn't in heaven, is not forgiven. But what do we know about Jesus' grace? We know that it abounds, that it covers, that he is merciful. Judas was obviously repentant if he took his own life because, and tried to return the money, which they wouldn't take. So, is he in heaven? I believe he is. I really do. I don't know, (laughs) but I do believe he is. So Jesus knew all this, and he loved all of his disciples dearly. So he has one betray him. His disciples can't even stay awake to pray a simple prayer in a garden where he's agonizing over the fact that he's got to lay down his life in a very brutal, painful, horrible, shameful way. And he's doing it for us. And he's doing it for those of us that are rejecting him and will never accept him. But he's still hung on that cross for them, knowing they would reject him, just like his disciples did. And yet, consider when Peter denies Christ. Jesus looks at him within earshot. Peter uses foul language. It's like the third time he denied him and he says he cusses. He's like, I don't know the man, right? I'm sorry, I went kind of high-pitched there. You guys are like, ah, don't do that. Sorry. (laughs) I don't know the man, he says. And looks over and meets Jesus' eyes as the cock crows, and he knows. This is what Jesus had told him. And he fulfilled it to a T, like we're so good to do. Betrayed, abandoned, left to die. And then he rises, rises again. 
Meets with Mary in the garden, which I just love. It's one of my favorites. Peter and John run to the tomb. And uh, John outruns Peter because Peter denied Christ. And in Peter's mind, why would Jesus even want to see him? And yet we recall that Jesus purposely and actively seeks out Peter. I said Jesus did, right? Because I, I feel like I said Peter actively seeks him out. But if I, I'm, I don't know. I'm tired. <laughs> but Jesus actively seeks out Peter, not once, but a few times. He says, go tell the disciples and Peter. Because Jesus knows that we as humans would hold a grudge. Peter, you denied him. What right do you have? Would they have ever let Judas back in? I mean, possibly. If Jesus had said, and Judas, right? Judas hadn't taken the measures he took. There's a lot there to be said about a cry against suicide right there. Even with the loving embrace of Christ involved. But that's for another time. Jesus chose his anger when it mattered. Like the money changers in the temple. And even then, it wasn't a white hot fury that was uncontrolled. He sat down and made a whip. He's like, oh, I'm taking care of this. But he was angry. You got to know many times dealing with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, you know he was angry and frustrated and irritated. These men were abusing people through religion, mistreating people. The money changers in the temple were robbing people. Do you think Jesus didn't feel righteous anger? Of course he did. But no one made him angry. He chose when anger was the correct response. And when it wasn't, he didn't choose anger. And we're supposed to be like Christ. We're supposed to have compassion. Yet, we're also supposed to be able to speak God's truth in the way that God calls us to speak it. There were times when Jesus spoke the truth and people turned away and never received it. There are times when he spoke the truth and it was harsh like the Samaritan woman at the well. And yet, a whole village accepted him. And that's how we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to say, you made me angry. You made me cheat on you. You made me frustrated. We're supposed to be able to say, you know what, Lord Jesus, what is the correct response in this moment? Should I have righteous anger or am I just being offended? Am I just easily offended? Is my skin right now like, like paper? Am I just taking something in that I should just be like, you know what? If they meant it hurtful, you will deal with that. And if it was accidental, then no harm, no foul. I'm going to tell you, sometimes people say things and they don't realize it. A lot of times they say it to hurt you. That's their whole intent because we are sinners. People say hurt people hurt people, but we hurt people. Not necessarily because we're hurt or hurting, though sometimes that is 
legitimately because what? We're not controlling our emotions. So they've hurt us and our response is to hurt them. Not control our emotions and be like, okay, they're obviously trying to hurt me or they don't realize what they're doing. So I'm just going to step back and try to be calm about this. Takes a lot. We're so used to being reactive. We have lived our life being reactive. And right now what we're seeing is a younger generation being raised up without consequences, without correction, able to throw tantrums. We see them actually inventing mental disorders, saying that they're bipolar. Now, there is a legitimate bipolar situation, okay? So I'm not saying that that's all made up because there are people with the manic highs and manic lows that like can demolish their lives because they're on these manic highs and manic lows. I have not done enough spiritual research into it to look at the aspects of it and totally explain that part of it. I believe the majority of mental illnesses, if not all of them, have a spiritual connection. So I'm not talking about disabilities. I'm talking about schizophrenia, anxiety, bipolar, all of that. Um, but because bipolar became just like ADHD and ADD, which do not exist, people, I know that that just ticks you off that I said that, but it is absolutely true. If you want to know and really understand that, read Matt Walsh's blog. ADHD doesn't exist, but if it did, I'd have it. Something like that. But look him up. Matt Walsh. Trust me. Read it before you get all ticked off that I said it doesn't exist. It doesn't, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> the point was, people see this bipolar situation and they're like, oh, well, that's what I have because I just cannot control my emotions. That is not what bipolarism is. To be bipolar doesn't mean you can't control your emotions. It doesn't mean that you can lash out and say, I have a mental disorder. I have bipolar. I'm bipolar. No, you're not. You just don't want to control your emotions. Control your emotions, people. And I, I tell, like I told you guys, I have an issue controlling my emotions. So me telling you that, I'm not saying it like I'm all pompous and proud. This is what I'm telling myself as well. Control your emotions. So we see there that that, that is false. The other thing is, is my OCD is kicking in and that just vexes my soul. Everybody and their mother has OCD. Oh, my OCD. It's like, no, dude, you just want to straighten something. It's not OCD. It's neat. It's being neat. It's just liking some things straightened. I just, I can't stand that people throw that OCD around. Like it's, there's a legitimate OCD that is not, I like paper straight. Or I have to straighten napkins. It's not, that's not OCD. I'm sorry. I'm getting off on mental illness stuff. I just, I'm so peeved. I can't believe how many people will claim mental illness because there's actually stigmas attached to them. But like these, these are becoming catchphrases. AD, ADD and ADHD, which have no symptoms. They're character traits. They're personality traits. They're personality behaviors. They're not like symptoms. It's, it's not like hearing voices. You know what I mean? And then like, and then bipolar. I don't know why that became so popular, but everybody wants to be bipolar. And then OCD. That's just like a catchphrase of the century, right? OCD, OCD. No, you're not. <laughs> yes. I take mental illness very seriously, guys. I'm not like being lied about this. Like I said, there are legitimate cases of bi being bipolar. Legitimate. But if you take one of these cheap little tests online, everybody's bipolar. Every single person in the world is bipolar. 
And I, there are some articles out there, like one person wrote an article that said once diagnosed bipolar, never undiagnosed. And he's like, I'm not bipolar, but once they diagnose me, trying to get undiagnosed from it, pretty much impossible. But there are legitimate things. Bipolar, there are legitimate people that suffer with that kind of stuff. There is legitimate schizophrenia. There is legitimate um, anxiety, depression, all those kind of things. But like I said, I believe they all have a spiritual tie. And I, I think... If I really was like a studious person that loved research, I could probably figure all that out. <laughs> but I'm just really not. So maybe one of you are listening to this. The one thing I will say does not exist is ADD and ADHD. And yes, medications will help your kid or help you focus and calm down because that's what they do. Right? They're like downers. That's kind of their point. So they'd make it so that you're not hyper- but is being hyper necessarily a bad thing? According to ADD and ADHD, it is. Not being able to focus, constantly daydreaming. You know, those are like signs of being an artist or being artistic. Or it used to be. It used to be accepted. But now, it's not. Now it's just, oh, we can't rein this kid in. And so we're just going to pump them full of downers. And because they're pumped full of downers, we have to give them caffeine in the morning to wake them up. So, kind of counterintuitive. I'm on my little soapbox there. That was free. I love to say that. I love when pastors do that. That was free. It's like, yeah, we just got off on our little tangents. What happened? But anyway, I'm dealing with a lot of stress in my life. This move to Shanghai, um, especially since they have not sent me my packet. And I'm just like, guys, I just want my visa. Why are we waiting? I don't understand that. If you have my stuff, just send it to me. Why are we waiting? I don't know, but they are. I'm going to write next week. Because I just, I really need them to move forward. I know that they're not in a hurry, but I am. So, I'm going to write next week. So, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Once again, that has nothing to do with this. But, I'm dealing with a lot of stresses. But I miss having joy. I miss having my childlike heart. I miss having that, that innocence that God worked so hard to preserve in my life. Even with the devil working overtime to demolish and destroy it, right? I want, I want joy and innocence back in my life. And I feel like this morning God was like, well, if you want joy, you need to choose it. And I know people say that. That's like a catchphrase, you know, choose joy, you know. But it's actually 100% true. If you look, I used to joke, like I, I would say if complaining was an Olympic sport, I'd have the gold medal. And I do say that about other people. I just don't say it to their face. I'm like, oh my gosh, if complaining was an Olympic sport, you'd have the gold medal, right? Because some people, we're just pessimistic. We're not realists. We're pessimists. Realist is just a way of trying to put a positive spin, ironically, on being a negative person. We're not realists. We're negative. We're just pessimists. We want to believe the worst because then if... So anything above the worst that we believed happens, then we could be like, well, I expected this, so this is okay. We don't want to believe that the good is going to happen, the positive is going to happen. Like God just seriously was like, really, Julie? Yeah. Because there's an issue in my life where I'm like, God, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, see, you don't want to believe. I really don't. It's a struggle. But anyway, <laughs> it's one of my things. So what are you going to do? I guess that's the point. Are you going to choose joy? Or are you just going to constantly allow yourself 
to stay in the habit of being angry, irritated, upset, bitter, rejected, complaining all the time, and then blame other people. Oh, she just makes me so angry. Does she make you angry? Or do you choose to be angry because her behaviors frustrate you? Or you don't agree with her behaviors? So then you choose anger as your response. I'm going to do, like I said, a study on this. I'll come back in a later podcast and probably give you some data, which I know is shocking. But I've been really challenged in this hermeneutics class and the fact that I hate research because I hate research, guys. I'm like not even kidding. If God gives me a sermon, I will do research on that aspect, but not like the depth that they're making me do here. And I was like, oh, I I should just quit. But God kind of worked that out of me in my three years at Eastern. (laughs) Very steadily and frustratingly worked that out of me. So I'm out on the other side now without quitting. Quitting is not an option. But I'm just like, oh, this is so intense. And I I don't even know if I can do it all. And uh, I know that God is telling me, stick it out and learn how to do these things. Because he's got something for me. And I have to be in control of my emotions in order to have it. I need to be not a quitter. So he worked that part out for me. I need to be able to do the the research even though I hate research write the stuff even though I hate writing the stuff I love to write but research papers and thesis papers and dissertations and all that stuff (laughs) but I am going to start to choose how I feel choose not to be irritated and annoyed and miserable all the time I'm going to choose to be happy To be content. I'm going to choose to trust. That even in the storms. Jesus is fully aware. Where I am. And he's got a purpose. And he will bring me through it. One of my favorite things is like. There's going to be storms in our lives. And what we need to do is learn how to dance in the rain. And I got to tell you. Father God is a wonderful dancer. You just need to trust. And choose happiness. And stop excusing things based on a secular worldview that isn't going to make a difference. So, that was my plan was to just do one solid recording because I'm having such issues with the app. So, I have done so. If you have any questions, please email me at purity.gods.way at gmail.com. Please put in the subject line podcast comment or I watch I listened to your podcast whatever something about the podcast so I know because I just scan the email subjects and open the ones that interest me so I if you don't label it I won't be able to respond to it um and share my podcast with others if you're enjoying it see if I can start building a listener base I'm sure eventually I'll become interesting <laughs> I don't want to be famous. I was thinking about that this morning. I don't want fame. But it'd be nice to have more than five listeners. But I thank all those people that do listen. Thank you very much for investing in my ramblings. I really hope I'm speaking to you. If I am, I would love to hear from you also. So please email me. 
Um, I'm also looking for people that want to randomly co-host. We can pick a topic and discuss it. Um, but of course, the posting will be at my discretion. So if I feel like it was counterintuitive or um, disrespectful to people or God, then we wouldn't post it. Or I wouldn't post it, but I'd make sure you knew that. <laughs> so, thank you very much for listening. I pray that you have a wonderful day, that God will make you aware of your emotions so that you are able to control them and not be controlled by them. Because that's the ultimate goal. God bless. Let's see. Let me see if it does it. And if I post this on um, Anchor using the recording I just did, because I did record a backup recording. Um, I'm sorry about this rambling, but I have to um, add the recording to the episode before I stop recording. Nope, see? Still didn't do it. And that is why I'm doing backup recordings. So, there you go. So, there you go, Anchor listeners. It once again deleted my recording, but I have started the brilliant mind that I am backing it up with a voice recorder. So that's what all the rambling is. And that's what the little burst of music and such at the beginning was. And that's what this little, I thought she was done with the podcast, but she's still talking is. So now, you know.